And if they know that teacher cares, they would jump through hoops. Hey, what's going on? You're listening to the Live Leaderly Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Alba. Here on the show, we invite guests from all walks to share their stories about leadership, which just become stories about life. I ask that with the people in your life, please tell your story, listen to theirs, but in the meantime, we'll do it together here on the Live Leaderly Podcast. And on the show today, we have the Director of Curriculum and Instruction at Region 12 Schools in Connecticut, Dr. Teresa DeBrito. Dr. DeBrito, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing pretty great. We got to talk a little bit before this. I found out that you're mentioned in a Malcolm Gladwell book. That's correct. Yep. Chapter two, David and Goliath. Chapter two about the big fish in the small pond and vice versa. Could you tell me a bit about that conversation with Malcolm? How did that come about? Yes, he was doing some research and I happen to work in a district um, that has low enrollment and lower class sizes. And I came from a district that had large class sizes and he was doing a comparison between private schools that really take their um, pride in having small enrollment. And then here was a public school where you could get that kind of attention. And so it was just interesting how he pulled his research together and discussed it in his book. Awesome. All right. Well, Dr. DeBrito, thanks again for coming on the show. If you wouldn't mind, could you uh, take a moment to introduce yourself? Sure. Be happy to. Thank you for having me. I, as you just heard, am the director of curriculum instruction and have been in this position for 10 years. And before that, I was principal. Before that, I was a classroom, a math teacher and a department head um, for the math department as well. It was a career change for me. I thought I was going to work in corporate America, Um, went to UConn, got a degree, and came out and said, oh, you know, I think I picked the wrong career and went back to school to get a master's in mathematics and decided to become certified because I really thought about my love for teaching and I've never looked back. It was definitely the right change for me. It really felt like a calling. And so I've been able to just use my love of people to just keep moving in this field. You found that to be your calling. I think we're all kind of looking for that purpose or those purposes in our lives. For you, that that was education that you found as a career switch. How would you advise someone to find their purposes? You you had a couple of different tries at, at different things until you found education. And so how can others find that purpose for themselves? I think you have to really look at your assets. What do you love to do? What do you enjoy? And then do some research on what are some possible careers because then it won't feel like a job. It'll You'll really love it. it. You'll enjoy getting up in the morning, right? And in my current role, I really have enjoyed being in the different positions and I love to serve. So that's that's my moral compass when I continue to work in the field of education, whether I'm teaching teachers in my current role or students and I'm in the classroom, it all really comes together to have a greater purpose. And I do read a lot. I do a lot of research. I keep up with the latest practices. And so it's always inspiring. And the kids, you know, they're they're changing. So we're always having to adapt. And it's really important to get to know 
who our students are so that we can meet them where they're at and make those dreams come true. I think we don't talk enough about the future and that it does take hard work and it does take effort. And there's nothing wrong with that because when you find your purpose, it'll be very, very meaningful. And and so I think it's critical that adults see that in their role in the classroom as well. You talk about the the future. When when you started out in education, did you see in your future that you would become the school principal or director within the the school, the region? No, definitely not. I was an English language learner as a child. And so I definitely was a shy kid and saw other classmates as having more strengths than I did. But with time, I really found what, like I said, those assets are and just kept pursuing degrees and just kept going. Did I ever think I was going to acquire a doctorate? No, I did not realize that was within my reach, but it was well into adulthood that that started to become yet another dream for me personally. If you were to go back to you as an early educator to you as a leader today, what would you highlight as the biggest differences leadership wise from then and now? Putting myself in other people's shoes, really recognizing that um, although we have a huge responsibility we're human and that we have to work alongside colleagues to understand what they're going through so that they can be their best in front of those children every single day. Cause that is definitely something that resonates with me and that I share with my colleagues. If we're not at our best every single day, then we're doing a disservice to ourselves and to our students. And that's what our families want. They want what's best for their kids. And that's what we would want for our own. And so it's very important to be very conscientious and leave all the distractions at the door. When you're in front of those children, they have to be front and center of everything that happens during those minutes of that class time. And so I think that evolved over time with me supporting adults in their role as educators. Thanks for sharing a a bit about your journey. I'd also like to ask you as an educator, how you teach leadership to to these young minds, a very pivotal time in their lives. For these students, if you were to tell them the word leader, what, what might come to mind that might be different for us as adults? I think it's real important to try to understand what it's like to be a youth today what it's like to grow up with the social media, with the distractions that exist. I don't pretend to know what that's like. Yes, I was a teenager once. Yes, I was a kid once, but it's a different world. And so they are leaders of their learning. And that's something that we probably don't share enough is that when they don't do their best, they're sabotaging themselves. And we can't take that chance. And so to help them understand your ethics and really your integrity, if you're putting your name on any work that you're submitting, whether it's on technology or paper pencil, 
you really do need to put your best effort forward because that's a reflection of who you are. And they don't necessarily see that. They don't see that big picture. They respond and react to things very quickly because of the stimuli that's constantly around them. So we do need to bring it back to their core and taking this opportunity because the months go by very fast. It goes by really, really fast. And so we want them to feel value and meaning in what they're learning. And it's a give and take. Certainly the educator has to present material that engages the students, but we can't turn our cheek and not also address their integrity and what they need to do to collectively build up that learning environment for for them and for their peers. Like we really should look at it as an opportunity to lift each other up, not like a competition of who's getting more attention. And so I, I do really feel that that helps the learning environment and it helps build a rapport between the teacher and the student. It has to be kind of difficult. I know we have leadership courses with learning objectives for this is how you be a leader. These are traits of a leader, but there's a lot in between the lines of those objectives. What are things that you do as an educator or your peers do in education to kind of glue all those things together? I would say relationships, just being mindful that the kids aren't robots. The adults aren't robots. We all have emotions. We do have some bad days, but we absolutely need to build relationships. That is a number one factor in how students perform. It's really about that relationship with their teacher. And if they know that teacher cares, they would jump through hoops for their teacher. We see it time and time again. And so it's it's relying on that research and being in tune to maybe changing. If we have adults that maybe don't have as much patience as they should, that we recognize that. And then we start to make those changes happen because the kids deserve that. You mentioned jumping through hoops and making these kind of leaps. A big theme for our, our show and in, in Weederly is anyone can learn to lead. Do you see often these students kind of surprising you where maybe they weren't exuding these leadership traits and over time you're like, oh, wow, what, what a big difference this school year or this month has made? Absolutely. Providing opportunities to really listen to what the student needs and maybe also what the student is interested in, um, often taking them off site on field experiences, going on field trips, you see a completely different child than you do in the classroom. Those opportunities enhance the learning and the relationship between the educator and the student because you do want to come from a perspective of what assets and strengths does each of my students have and build on that as opposed to what they don't have. Sometimes we we stay too focused on that and we don't move forward. The way to move forward is to look at the assets and then build the bridge to address weaknesses. I never really thought about that when I was going on field trips to a pumpkin patch or a museum or something. I didn't think that I'm going to this new environment, that there's a bigger there, there are bigger outcomes from just you know visiting that location. That, that's pretty cool. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. My pleasure. We're wrapping up here. I'll turn it back over to you, Dr. DeBrito. Do you have any any closing thoughts? I would just say that, you know, life is full of bumps and hardships, but in the end, we always have to have hope and kids need to see 
their teachers and other adults in the building as resources, folks they can trust, and that they also have hope for their future because life's not easy. And if we make things easy for kids, we might be giving them a different impression than what life is really about. But all that hard work pays off in the end. And so effort matters. And that's what I would share with folks as well. Effort matters. Thank you so much, Dr. DeBrito, for for coming on the show and, and sharing your nuggets of wisdom. And for those out there, thank you for listening in on the Live Weedily podcast. <laughs>